Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Before we begin, a short message from our friends at MyBookie. Everyone listening is a big Montreal Canadiens fan. If you're anything like me, you probably think you know most, more than most people about the sport of hockey. Well... My bookie gives you an opportunity to prove it, so why not test your knowledge while earning a little extra cash? My bookie gives you so many ways to win, and that's not even the best part. If you sign up now using the promo code THPN, my bookie will match your bet halfway up to $1,000. That means if you bet $100, my bookie will give you 50 bucks. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play you win, you get paid. So why not bet with my bookie? Ladies and gentlemen, it is episode 38 of Habs Nightly on the Hockey Podcast Network. We are getting to the final part of the season, approaching the trade deadline ever so quickly. You know, a lot of stuff's happening. Like, the NHL is going crazy. I've just found out that you know, the Leafs have acquired Jack Campbell, so that sucks. Very sad they finally got a goalie. But anyway, it's a Montreal Canadiens podcast, so we're just going to jump right in and talk hockey, mostly focusing on that game against New Jersey. Oh my god, this team is so frustrating and just amazing at the same time. Um, You know... If you watched the game, you saw Montreal went down 3-0 halfway through the second. Um, goals by Wood, Palmieri, Bratt had them down 3-0. You know, we saw Yoel Armia on the PK after bullshit penalty against Tatar. It it was a penalty, but it was soft for slashing. Um, Yoel Armia, who's already had a great game, played, um, got some good chances, although it had been not gonna lie extremely boring up until that point I just not even the fact that they were losing just it was a boring game and uh Yoel Armia picked the pocket showed some nice hands absolutely buried it to make it 3-1 Montreal that was also his 14th goal of the year which is a new career high what a pickup from Mark Bergevin Yoel Armia has proved to be one of our more consistent um, forwards this year. You know, he was injured for a large period of time. Otherwise, I think he'd easily be sitting at, you know, 20, 25 goals on the season. 26 points in 42 games. That's pretty good, you know, considering what we basically got him for free, you know, 
took on some cap space for about a year or so. So, 26 years of age. What an awesome pickup from Mark Bergeron. And then from there, Nate Thompson had a great from a great feed from Paling. Just great rush on the net. Made a nice move. Buried his third of the year. He's now at 11 points, 55 games. Obviously, we've talked about what his main you know role on the team is. He understands, but it's nice to see him pitching in. And then we get to the best part of the game, and that is Nick Cousins scoring. And, you know, credit where credit's due. Nick Cousins had a, had a pretty freaking great game. Had a fight, a goal, two shots on net, four hits, 16 minutes of ice time. You know what? I give Nick Cousins a lot of shit. I give him a bad rap. I think he deserves it a lot of the time, but Nick Cousins actually had himself a very, very good game. Tied up the game with a pretty nice goal. Just awesome to see him pick up and just fight a guy. It was just, you know what? Credit where credit's due. Nick Cousins had a very, very good game. Christian Follin scored what I thought was a tip from Brendan Gallagher for his first of the season. Assisted by Tatar and Deneau. Um, we saw that a number of Montreal players scored points this game. It was just all across the field. Everyone pitched in. It's like classic what Montreal does, what they need to do. And that moved Tatar to 50 points in 55 games, 20 goals, 30 assists. You know, career year upcoming for him. Clearly, he's going to absolutely smash his career best. We're going to talk about what we think might happen to him. Um, just talk about why I think he's actually having such a good year or why we're seeing such a resurgence because I find that we talk about how great of a year he's having. We talk about what might happen in the future, but we're not really talking about how he got here and why that's happening. But anyway, um, you know, what was initially for most of the game a really boring game got really exciting. Montreal pulling off a 3 a 3 nothing comeback and... Four straight goals to go ahead, and then in classic Montreal style, give up a penalty for too many men on the ice, and New Jersey ties it. And man, I'm not gonna lie, I was so scared. I thought Montreal was gonna lose it in overtime. It was actually a very fun overtime to watch. Um, but you know, we all know what happens. Goes to the shootout. And Ilya Kovalchuk, the story of the latter end of this season, finishes it in the greatest style possible. New Jersey Devils fans, you know, have a lot of respect for what they were doing all game. Long memory. They're not forgetting how Ilya Kovalchuk kind of fucked them over. Um, booing him all game long, you know, as they should, you know. It's just fair talk. You expect it. He, he was a great player for them. He left in those circumstances. It makes sense. And... When I saw him coming up for the shootout, I just knew it. He almost finished it in overtime a few times. I just knew he was going to finish it. And <laughs> that Selly just emphasized, I think, how the whole of Montreal team felt. Oh, it was it was just freaking awesome, man. And I think it was just a well, well, well-deserved and needed win. Montreal played very bad at the start but to be honest with you a lot of that was on Charlie Lindgren had himself a very poor game I think he had like an 866 save percentage it was pretty bad um later reports came out that Montreal had players like 
Montreal's sorry, a little back story backtracking here. Montreal has had flu issues, that's why Carey Price was out when Kane Primoke was called up. And from reports that I've seen, Montreal had players coming on and off the bench, apparently going to the locker room, probably throwing up. So for them to tough it out and just grind and get the win, this game is huge and really shows how determined this team is, how they're never out. They're always going to battle hard, and that's so important to the winning culture of this team carrying on into next season. Now, I mentioned how I thought that um, we needed to talk about Thomas Tatar, and I realized that he wasn't a big highlight of this game. I think Kovalchuk definitely stole the show. I'm loving him more and more every game. It's just, I feel like I talk about him too much almost, but yeah, it was great for him to finish that. I just, it couldn't have been a better player to finish it. I loved that. It was great to watch, but, you know, I just want to focus on this Tatar thing because, you know, 50 points, 55 games, I believe his previous career high is 53, I believe. I will check that very quickly on my phone here. One second. Sorry, 58 last year. He's on pace to absolutely shatter that this season. Could easily get a point a game. 82 points is easily within grasp for him. And I think this progression has definitely come unexpected, but at the same time expected. You know, Thomas Tatar has always been a very skilled player. When you classify skilled player, they don't necessarily have to be a point-per-game player. They can get 58 points be a skilled player. I see Paul Byron as a skilled player. You know, it's a lot of offensive talent and quick hands stuff like that is a skilled player and i believe skilled players always have the opportunity to just ignite and blow up you know they're generally streaky hot they have that ability to put up points with good players and what we saw with tatar last year i believe was somebody reaching his potential when finally given a good system with good line mates confidence you know, boosted back, just he had the faith and confidence of the coach, so he put up 58 points, which is very, very solid statistics. And then we see this season where he's just absolutely blowing that out of the water, and I think a lot of it actually might come from the fact that, one, Thomas Tatar, you know, clearly very talented, works very hard, was capable of this, but I think maybe it's considered the fact that, uh, Jonathan Druin and Brandon Gallagher have missed a lot of time. Max Domi isn't really performing the way we wanted him to. I think a lot of what we see from Tatar is necessity. You know, he has to be the one to score. He has to get these points. And I know it sounds like I'm taking away from his season and, you know, degrading what he's done. Entirely the opposite. What we're seeing from Thomas Tatar is what we want to see from a Max Domi or a Kakinyemi, what we are seeing from Gallagher consistently when he's healthy, you know, Gallagher always puts up points, always plays well, especially the last few seasons where he's scored 30 goals. Necessity. What we're seeing Nick Suzuki doing, putting up a lot of bunch of points as a rookie. It's what we needed our big guys, Druin and Domi, which we did see them at the start of the season playing very well, actually putting up more points than Tatar was. That's why I kind of have this view too. But now that they're gone, Tatar has stepped up. And whether he's done that consciously or unconsciously, I believe he's done it with the slight knowledge. He, I think he 
acknowledges that he needs to play and perform very well. And he's just absolutely killed it. It's You need players like that who are going to step up. And Montreal has lacked that for a long time, I believe. I believe scoring by committee does work, and it's definitely a way to win in the NHL. But Montreal generally just hasn't had a big superstar who can put up a bunch of points. And what we're seeing with Tatar here is maybe not a superstar. I think definitely an all-star level talent, you know, but Carey Price and Weber in the way. And a guy who can put up easily a point per game. And I think him stepping up and really coming into his own this year, just showing he can be this player, is going to be so beneficial for the Montreal Canadiens next season. Whether or not he replicates this, I personally believe that Tatar will have the best year of his career this season. I don't think he will perform at the same pace we see going into next year. So, what that means is, if Montreal is choosing to sell, which I have discussed, I do not believe they should sell. I think now is the best time to, though, because, you know, Tatar is never going to perform at this rate ever again. Hopefully, we don't have Drouin and Gallagher out next season, and, you know, he doesn't have to carry the team in such a way that he is. So I don't think that point production that he's at now is attainable with superstar players, not superstar players from the Montreal Canadiens being back in the lineup. But keeping in mind, you could get so much for him at this, you know, inflated play performance rate he's having. I still do think that Montreal should keep him. And you know, maybe he won't put up 82 points next season. Maybe he won't put up, maybe he'll put up like 70, 65, something like that. But he's a guy who's shown that he can clearly step up. And when you're trying to make a playoff push and you're trying to make the playoffs, you need more players like that. And I find that is one thing Montreal does lack. It's a player who can just totally pull the team outside of the goaltender position and carry price. He's done that for far too long far too many times but I mean a forward who can really pull and drive the offense and just be a workhorse put up points when needed stuff like that Tatar brings that and I think that's extremely valuable and an underrated part of the season that he's having this year all this being said however you know Tatar's phenomenal play over just the entire season Kovalchuk's big win Montreal's big comeback over New Jersey I just want to take a stance here right now Montreal is not making the playoffs this season and (laughs) while this as a fan I'm sitting here and I'm thinking god damn I have hope you know this team they can come back from anything they've done it all season um as a fan I want to believe and watching the games I do believe I do believe Montreal is going to win and they're going to make a push they're going to come real fucking close to making the playoffs this year I have to look at it from an analyst point of view too and I just want let's be honest Montreal's not going to make the playoffs this season so with that being said my question that I seem to not be able to answer and ponder over is what do we do with Ilya Kovalchuk and Thomas Tatar I want to I've been saying keep them and I genuinely do believe that however I do think that maybe looking around the NHL trade market, 
wouldn't be such a bad idea because you know generally after a win I'm getting more hype happy um I want to trade guys even less but this win kind of made me realize you know when looking at the standings just how far out of it Montreal is so Montreal moved to 57 points they are six behind the Leafs for fourth in the Atlantic seven behind Florida for a playoff position not too bad, you know, kind of reachable. Until you look at the fact that Montreal's played 55 games, Florida's played 52, Toronto's played 54. You start to realize, oh shit, Montreal, like, we are not even close, and it's kind of sad. We would, They'd have to lose all those games in hand. Montreal's 22nd in the NHL. It's just, at this point, it's simply not attainable. So, I think, Mark Bergevin would definitely be a fool not to look and see what he can get. You know, I never know what he's thinking. I don't think anyone does, but I really wish I could get inside that head right now and just figure out what he is planning to do because I've been thinking about it a awful lot lately, and I have no idea where Montreal goes from here. It is the absolute worst position to be in as an NHL franchise, two years in a row especially, where you might be picking 15th overall. The tweeners, like, just the absolute worst position in hockey to draft. Um, to just be in and all. And I, I'd much rather Montreal just start losing games than winning two and losing one and then barely making the playoffs. They'll have to go on it insane historic winning streak to make the playoffs this year and I'm not a guy who approves of tanking has ever been one for tanking but I am kind of at this point leaning towards do I as an analyst not as a fan as an analyst I, I personally do think it might be better if Montreal loses a few games we will however look more into this next week on Monday, we have a special guest coming on, so I'll be very interested and excited, looking forward to that. Hope you guys are looking forward to to that. We will go further in depth into that, talk about Nick Suzuki, some AHL stuff. It's a really, really sick guest coming on. I hope you guys are ex- going to enjoy it. I'm personally very excited. So, that'll be all for today. As always, I've been Mason Dixon. And this is Habs Nightly. Thank you for stopping by.